For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, hello, what's going on, everybody? This is Kyrie Demos, and I'll be your host for Bullseye, the UB Bulls football podcast. And you know, I'm so happy to finally have you all joining me today. And it's been a real, real uh, hectic last few weeks, you know, with me actually starting my new day job with the B Group newspapers. So, you know, I've just been able to, you know, I've been trying to, to settle in and get my feet underneath me and everything. But, you know, I'm ready to talk some ball with you all. And, you know, just just want to be able to dive a little bit into the off season here. You know, with UB, obviously training camp is on the horizon, you know, with, at the end of uh, end of the summer with coming in August. So, you know, just want to start looking into some things from this past season with UB, you know, pretty historic year. Obviously, it was crazy to even have the season just for the fact that the Mid-American Conference was the first amongst all Division One. Uh, conferences at the FBS level to, you know, punt on the season, but, you know, they were able to renege that decision and get the season back going, um, I believe in October. So, you know, it was a shortened season, you know, with the Bulls only going six and one, but obviously a very successful one, you know, for them to have the season that they did win in the Mac East title for the second time in the last three years, you know, to be able to, you know, be third in the nation in terms of rushing yards per game and leading the nation in rushing average, you know, only allowing one sack as an offensive unit. You know, it's been, it was a crazy, crazy, uh, you know, time. And, you know, also, too, what they were able to put together on defense, you know, being, you know, the um, the top yardage uh, allowed defense in, in the MAC conference and yards per play as well. They were also the, the second um, scoring offense and defense, respectively, in the conference. Um, I also forgot to mention 18th overall total offense-wise in the country last season. So, you know, UB really did some great things. It was great to see what Jarrett Patterson put together, Kevin Marks, and, you know, that dominant offensive line. So, you know, so fast forward to this offseason, you know, it's been an interesting one, you know, especially just seeing how, you know, teams have been trying to get back 
to their normal schedule with spring ball and winter conditioning and things like that. Now we've got winter or uh, summer training um, with, with the guys back on campus and everything. But, you know, it was an interesting offseason just for the fact that, you know, obviously the the most successful coach that we've had in the FBS era, Lance Leipold, um, decided to step away and to take his talents to Kansas. And, you know, I, I know it's it was a pretty contentious thing for, for us here in Western New York. You know, a lot of people – Really love to see um, Coach Lamp, Coach Leipold do his thing here. And, you know, I, I think the biggest thing was, you know, we hate to see a guy like that go. You know, we the, UB has been, you know, a mid-major program uh, that has been on the rise, you know, 30 and 16 over the last three seasons, three bowl appearances, two wins. So, you know, to see what Coach Leipold had built, it's tough to see him go. But at the same time, too, you know, I think – uh, there's a couple things that people need to consider. I think the first thing is, yes, you know, obviously people talk about lightning striking twice with Turner Gill having already coached at Kansas back in the day and, you know, being a real, real similar move. But at the same time, too, you know, I think this this situation, similarly to Coach Gill's as well, it's a little different just because, first off, you know, Coach Leipold, I mean, I think he even established an even – greater foundation uh, moving forward. You know, just the fact that UB has been a successful team. You know, they've been a, a team that's been at or above 500 the last four seasons. I mean, that this past year's graduating class can honestly say they, you know, had a winning record um, as a as UB Bulls. And, you know, not too many Bulls can say that. Um, I'm, I'm To be honest, I don't think any other uh, class can say that to this stretch. So, you know, for him to have the foundation that he laid, you know, I mean, yes, he could have definitely stick, stuck around and done his thing, but Hey, you know what, if the grass is greener, then so be it. But also too, I, I think one thing that people miss out on is the fact that, you know, coach Leipold is going back into his own region. You know, he's a, a Jefferson, Wisconsin native, played quarterback at Wisconsin Whitewater and obviously became the coach there later on where he won six division three national championships. And that's only, you know, eight hours away from, you know, the, uh, the, the campus of, of KU. So I think the biggest thing for him is the fact that, you know, he's getting closer to his region. You know, he's going to be able to recruit that region. So, you know, successfully because he knows it in the ins and outs of it. Um, and I think that obviously going to a, you know, a bottom tier big 12 program, you know, people are like, why would you leave here at UB? But at the same time, too, I think some of the circumstances for him in particular um, are, are why he made that decision. So, you know, hey, good luck to him. You know, he obviously pulled six different bulls over with him with Rich Miller, uh, Ronald McGee, Mike Ford, Eddie Wilson, Trevor Wilson, and probably most notably Mike Nowitzki, the starting center for the bulls, who was first team on Mac last season. So, you know, it's tough to see those guys go, but hey, you know, if that's what they want to do, then it is what it is. And so, you know, that leads us to now where we're at with Coach Mo. Coach Mo Lunquist coming in. Um, Maurice Lunquist was, you know, obviously a, a UB football coach back in the day from uh, 2012 to 2013. And, you know, for me personally, it's pretty cool because when I was playing at UB, he was actually our DB's coach. So, you know, to see it come full circle for him is pretty cool. But, you know, I think for Coach Mo, it's it's pretty awesome just for the fact that, you know, he's had so many different stops, you know, UB 
you know, it was really a launching pad for him because he, he was able to, you know, he actually, before UB, he was at James Madison at one point, but he went to Iowa State, then to Mississippi State, Minnesota, Texas A&M, and obviously the Cowboys last season. And, you know, to think that this guy has, you know, experience coaching in the Big 12 and the SEC and the Big 10 as well. You know, I think all of those experiences are going to be able to help him come in and just keep the the boat afloat. You know, I know Coach Leipold had an established culture here, but, you know, for where the program is now for to where Coach Lundquist thinking about thinking about going back, you know, where the program was when Coach Lundquist um, left. You know, it's two different worlds. You know, obviously the the 2013 Bulls roster with Khalil Mack, you know, Coach Mo was, you know, a big integral part um, helping that helping that squad get to the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl and, you know, just uh, just missing out on the Mack East title that season. But at the same time as well, I think just the fact that, yes, like, the, the Bulls were in a good spot then, but, you know, they had they had some down years um, after that. So so to come back now where they're a perennial bowl power, they're a, a Mac, uh, con- Mac title contender just about every year now. You know, UB is really on the map in that regard and, you know, is really considered one of the top um, mid-major programs, group of five programs in the country, you know, getting their first uh, top 25 AP poll finish you know, this past season as well. So, you know, I, I just think that Coach Mo is in a much, much more conducive spot to succeed now that he's back here uh, again on the uh, North Campus. Um, just and also, too, you know, I know people talk a little want to talk about, you know, there's there may be negatives. You know, yes, you can look to the Dallas Cowboys last season and say, hey, they didn't have a phenomenal defense. But at the same time, too, I think, you know, to be completely honest, the uh, the Cowboys defense, the one of the probably the best part of their defense last year was their their uh, secondary. And that's specifically where Coach Mo uh, coached last season. So, you know, I mean, take that with a grain of salt, if you will. But, you know, I just feel like that's something that needs to be considered. But, you know, I, I think, like I said before, though, you know, I think for him, um, it's a great situation for him to come into. You know, he, he's he got, you know, a lot of talent coming back on this roster. Specifically, you know, offensively, you know, you can you can look to, obviously, Kevin Marks coming back. Um, having a tailback, tailback like him returning after you graduate, or not graduate, but a guy like Jarrett Patterson goes into the NFL. I mean, you, you rarely see that. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's that's just the the – you know, the type of foundation that Coach Leipold has put together is, is being able to have guys like that. But also, too, you know, d- defensively having guys like a pre-Washington back, having James Patterson, Jarrett's brother, his twin brother back, and, you know, just so many different contributors from last season's team. You know, hopefully a healthy Taylor Riggins at defensive end. You know, there there are definitely going to be a lot of different guys that um, Coach Coach Lundquist will be able to work with, you know, also talking about Ali Abbas back for his fifth year. You know, there's a lot of different different pieces um, that contribute. And I think also as well, I think just the the many different um, experiences that Coach Mo has had. Um, you know, I, I, I look back to his time at Minnesota. That was actually P.J. Flex first year there. And, you know, they were helping establish a culture, you know, when he was at Texas A&M with uh Jimbo Fisher, he was actually 
um, you know, helping them get to bowl games and things like that. So I think just those different experiences will be, will play um, into his hand admirably, you know, and even just knowing some people around the team and some uh, still in the program, I have a source. I don't want to out that source, but I have a source that said that, you know, they were looking to bring in a younger, more youthful coach. And that's no offense to Coach Leipold, but I just think that, you know, some of the kids um, on the team really wanted to be around a younger coach. And of course, you know, Coach Mo only being in his 30s, uh, I believe he's 37 at this point now. Um, let me just taking a quick look here. But yeah, you know, so just at this point for for him to come in and really just be a, a, a guy that, you know, have Yeah, he is 37 just to confirm that as well. But being a guy that played college football himself um, was a former safety at Baylor, you know, so he, he knows he knows the game um, in that regard as well. Obviously, Coach Leipold did, too. But, you know, I think for for Coach Mo, he he played he 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 graduated um, from Baylor in 2007 and, you know, was, was on their roster for the from 03 to 06. So, you know, that's not too far off. And I think being that tangible and that close to the kids in that regard, um, seeing how, how his career panned out and things like that. He was an all um, big 12 honorable mention selection at one point in his career. So again, you know, just, just, just talking and just knowing um, some people around the program within the program, you know, uh, they, they're really excited about this move and I don't blame them at all. You know, I think um, even, even yes, I mentioned, how the Cowboys defense last year wasn't phenomenal. But at the same time, too, to be able to get that that fine tuning and that that seasoning up at the NFL level. Um, we already talked about the various um, power five conferences that he coached in. And also, too, I think one thing that's lost is he was he was um, he left Michigan to take on this role. You know, he left the D uh, the code D coordinator role to take on this role after um, helping them out throughout the spring. So, you know, I just think that, you know, Hey, he was brought here for a reason. You know, I don't think that coach Mo would have wanted to come in here um, and, and, and not kind of bring back what he kind of started. It's, it seems like an unfinished business type of thing with him because he went out on a high note, you know, after the, the 2013, um, season, but you know, I'm sure there's other high notes and 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 reaches that he wants to get to as well. So, you know, I just think that UB is really headed in the right direction. You know, it's been amazing to see you know how strong the the team has become over these last three years, and you know, I think Coach Mo is the right man to lead the job, lead the program. You know, he's already got a vested interest. You know, having been here before, and you know, I think he he's a guy that really wants to you know, keep this thing going. And, you know, I think it was really interesting the the point he made about once he when he first came here. You know, he talked about how, you know, he he got a flight. It was, he They were going to get him a flight, um, a flight, uh, a round trip flight. But he said, no, I'm going to stay. Um, I don't even need that. I want to make it one way. So we'll play that clip for you here quick. And just a heads up, this clip can be found right on the UB Bulls football Twitter account. 
called me about coming out here uh, for the interview, and they said, hey, well, we're going to get you a uh, round-trip ticket. We're going to get you from Detroit out here to Buffalo, and then we'll get you a return flight from Buffalo to Detroit. Why don't you just go ahead and book it, and uh, we'll just uh, reimburse you after you book it. Well, I booked a one-way ticket uh, from uh, from Detroit to Buffalo, and uh, they, they called me the next day and said, well, Coach, you never uh, you never booked a return flight to get back uh, get back to Detroit after the interview, and I told them I, never, I didn't plan on leaving. So uh, I've been here since Thursday. I interviewed Friday, accepted the job Saturday, and uh, I have not left since. And we've been rocking and rolling. We got a uh, we got a, a group of coaches that have been hired, and uh, and meetings going on. And as planned, uh, we uh, we haven't made it back to back to Detroit. So there you have it, folks. The words coming right from the man's mouth himself. I really believe that two things stand out about Coach Mo: his his intensity and passion. You know, I think those are are two things that that really are going to be able to set him apart and can allow him to continue what Coach Leipold has built over the last handful of seasons. So it's really uncharted territory here for UB football. The fact, the fact that UB is expected to be a competitive winning team and uh, a bowl, a bowl participant at this point, you know, a Mac title participant at this point. So a Mac, Mac title contender, my apologies. So just the fact that they've gotten to this point is really uh, amazing to see. So, should be good, you know, looking forward to seeing how, how things pan out for them this season. And, you know, the, the other aspect of coach Mo that I wanted to point out is recruiting. I think with, when it comes to recruiting with coach Mo, he's a guy that, again, I mentioned he's a, a Baylor, a Baylor alum, Texas native, you know, Dallas, Texas born. Uh, he also obviously coached with the Dallas Cowboys and at Texas A&M and things like that. But just the fact that he knows that region and he knows that hotbed of, of football. That's one of the, you know, richest talent pools in all the country when it comes to, the fo- to football. So I really believe he he's going to be able to tap into that. But also too, some of the other areas that he's going to be able to dive into, just for the fact that he has been able to recruit in some of the biggest programs in the country, you know, at Power Five schools. So I believe that those those experiences again are just going to be able to help him for this new gig as the head man with UB and being back in the blue and white, I think it's something that means something to him. So I'm really just excited to see how, how uh, things turn out for him. Uh, And, you know, when speaking of recruiting again, we're going to get into that at some point later down the line, we got a lot of time before training camp starts. So I believe that'll be something we'll get into in some future episodes. So stay tuned for that as well as diving into coach Mo's uh, coaching staff. He's got a few names that I'm sure some of you guys recognize. Obviously, Joe Licata being back there now as an offensive analyst. That's pretty uh, interesting. We might have to get him on the show. So really excited to see what Coach Mo can put together with these guys. And, you know, again, the the coaching staff and the recruiting aspect um, are, are two things that are going to help him, you know, in, in being able to uh, continue on what Coach Leipold started here. So, again, you know, just looking looking into ahead to the fall, I believe, you know, there's two questions that I really have heading in. You know, one is obviously with Coach Mo's defensive-minded uh, scheme. You know, he's 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 been a, a, a DB's coach for uh, the majority of his career. So having and obviously having his experience as a safety, I'm really excited to see what he's able to do with the defense. What what is the scheme going to look like? You know, you got guys like George Wolo back. Obviously, I mentioned James Patterson. You got Gaddafi Wright coming back as well. So just some of these guys that 
have contributed in the past, you know, but obviously too, having to replace guys like Malcolm Noche is going to be tough. And obviously Eddie Wilson leaving that that's a, t- that's a big blow. So, you know, seeing what, what the defense, how they're able to, to adjust, you know, with, with a defensive minded coach coming in, but also on the flip side of that, I'm interested to see what the offense is looking like. You know, we, we talked about the, the loss of Mike Davisky and, and Mike Ford, but we, we forget to mention that, uh, Coyote uh, Awosika at left tackle, um, an all-Mac selection himself, is also uh, gone now from graduation. So, And the UB offensive line over the last two seasons specifically has been utterly dominant. So the fact that you know the, they're having to retool a little bit will, will, be, will be interesting, especially when, when it's a team that has relied so heavily on the running game. And, you know, that, that leads to, you know, my next point about, you know, with the offense – you know, hey, obviously James Patterson or Jarrett Patterson is off in the NFL now. Kevin Marks is back. And you got some guys behind him like Dylan McDuffie, Ron Cook Jr. Um, and we, we saw the, the local kid, uh, Tajay Ahmed, as well, being, being able to get some snaps towards the end of the season. But, you know, what what's the, what's the passing game going to be potentially? Because I feel as though, you know, it wasn't that, the passing game was bad last year, not by any stretch. It was just efficient more than anything. It was, you know, Kyle Van Trees just didn't, he didn't need to force the issue last season. You know, he, he was just turning, turning around, handing the ball off to 26 and into five, you know, and to, and to see what those guys put together was amazing. So, um, but at the same time too, you know, we saw in the Mac title game, you know, when the passing game needed to be, uh, the the focal point when this, the rushing attack was slowed down a bit, you know, the passing game was just a little bit out of sync. So I just want to see how how that comes together, especially too with Antonio Nunn being gone, Trevor Wilson also being gone as well. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll just have to stay tuned for that. So before we get going, guys, I just wanted to mention a couple quick things. You know, first off, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to the 1958 UB Bulls roster. Uh, that team, you know. Those who know the program and have been around the program will, will tell you that's one of the crowning achievement teams uh, in program history. Just for the fact that you know it was an eight and one bowl team, um, eight and one team that was selected to play in the uh, the uh, Tangerine Bowl that year to play against Florida State. They actually beat a couple uh, Ivy League schools like Harvard and Columbia, but at the same time too. That team is most notably known for the fact that they declined that bowl bid to or for the fact that uh, they weren't allowed to bring their two black teammates um, on that roster. So, you know, that that's something that I think, uh, you know, especially as an African-American man myself, having played in in the UB program, I'm proud to be able to look back on that. So um, congrats to them. They just were selected as the uh, the the team entry into the greater Buffalo sports uh, hall of fame this past week. So again, tip my cap to them. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to see if you guys don't know this full story on that, there's a couple different uh, things you can check out. Like I, I know uh, ESPN actually back in the day did an article called uh, or, or a, a story with outside the lines called all or nothing. Um, and the story is still online. You can read it up there. There's even um, some video stuff that you can check out on it as well. But um, also, too, you know, on a, on a somber note, um, I just wanted to say rest in peace to Bo Bechtel, uh, you know, former UB Bull that uh, passed away a couple of weeks back. And um, I actually did get to play with Bo my freshman year at UB, my lone season there. 
Um, and, you know, he was a redshirt senior that year and someone that, you know, he was tough as nails, came to work every day, uh, put his hard hat on. But at the same time, too, I always felt like Bo was a guy that knew how to read the room and, and keep things light, you know, and, and, and inject his energy and spirit whenever he needed to. But at the same time, too, when it was when it was time to strap up and and go hard and, and, and handle business, he really did. So, you know, it's always unfortunate to lose. Um, people um, in our, in life, but especially so young, you know, the fact that he wasn't even 30 yet. So I just, my, my thoughts and prayers go out to him and his, uh, his family, you know, uh, may he rest in peace. And, you know, I just I wish, um, you know, the Bechtel family the best and send my condolences to them. So, alrighty, that's it guys. It's a wrap. First one in the books. Um, I, I hope you guys enjoy If you have any questions, any comments, any thoughts to share, anything you think we should add to the show, I'm all ears. Please send them, send things in. Um, you can text me, tweet me, uh, email me, whatever the case. Um, my, my Twitter account is at Riri underscore Demos. That's R-I-R-I underscore Demos. Um, same with my Instagram account. And then also, too, you can message, message me on Facebook. However you need to get a hold of me, uh, please do so. So, again, guys, I really appreciate it. This is Kyrie Demos. I also wanted to thank the Believe Podcast Network for uh, providing you all with this podcast. Um, you know, it's been awesome. And shout out to my guy, Louis Official on the beats. Uh, he was able to uh, bless me with the the instrumental there at the beginning. So, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be having some more beats of his moving forward. So again, this is Kyrie Demos signing off from Bullseye, the UB Bulls football podcast. Take care and horns up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.